jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungy leaps and into the end zone for Dungy. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for oh! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation as we lead you into the weekend. 315-437-7644 is the number. You can also text us at 315-288-0644. And we'll try this again this weekend. If you're watching the game and you want to comment on something immediately, you don't want to wait till Monday, you can give us a call. You can actually leave us a message on that text line and we'll play back uh, the most popular messages on Monday. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot to get to, Seth, in regards to this Syracuse-Wagner game. Certainly not X's and O's. I, I saw uh, one line. A lot of places don't have an official line out on this game. I did see one official line that had Syracuse favored by 41.5. I've seen 43 some places. Uh, Syracuse is going to win uh, and win big. And it's an opportunity, as we talked about yesterday, to get healthy to tweak some things, I think, from the opener, and and just to get yourselves ready mentally and physically, confidence-wise, heading into this big Florida State game uh, week three. So we're not going to talk too much in the way of X's and O's uh, today, um, but I do think, and I know that you disagree with me to some degree, I do think that the team can get something out of this. I'm not sure the fans of the media can get much out of this, but I think the team can get something out of this. What and why? Like, I... I look at this game and I say you're playing a team that you're just you're, you're just better than. I, I mean, you you out athlete them at every position. What could you get out of this game if you just out athlete a team everywhere across the board? And so why play? Why why does Syracuse basketball play games against team against Cornell and Colgate? You do it to work on well, things. No, I think that's a little. I I do think that's a little different in that. First off, there are thirty games, but also. Those are the game. Those are the first two games of the year, and and in football, when you only have twelve, and you've already played one against better competition, you don't typically see. And and I know sometimes this happens just by nature of the scheduling quirks, but sometimes uh, you don't normally see uh, playing, you know, a a better team and then going backwards in the basketball schedule. Typically, it's loaded up front, right, with those really bad teams, and then they they move forward and they move forward. You know, in in the in this schedule, you've already played a team that's significantly better than what you've got. You've already seen what you have, you know, for uh, a team that against a team that is significantly better than the one that's coming into the dome this weekend. I guess that's my point. Like I, I don't. Once you've played a game, I don't see the benefit in going backwards, especially for me, given that you have such a tough test the next week. I'd rather have more of a test this week to to know where I stand going into that Florida State game. All right. Well, you've you've got to build up wins, especially for a Syracuse program right now that, that needs to get to six wins and, and get to a bowl game. 
not really sure I agree with you in that, you know, in basketball saying that, you know, you, you build up to the tougher games. I mean, the, the Ohio State game, for instance, is the 28th and the very next game of November, the very next game is against Cornell. Like, you, you do kind of bounce back and forth. Duke and Kentucky notoriously play, you know, a, a marquee game sure. right off the bat, and then they'll go back and they'll play, you know, Elon and McNeese State, and you, you, you do see it. Um, that's, also, that's also one game of 30, not one game of 12. Like, there's a difference in scheduling the basketball schedule and the football schedule. Hang on, but proportionally, how many games does SU play that you know they're going to win, basketball-wise? Five or six? Sure. Okay, so that's one-sixth of of your games. So if you look back at football, they have UConn and... No, that's Wagner. That's, that's one. Fine. That's, that's fine. That's one that's, sixth of your schedule. Look, that's fine. I I think this is a terrible analogy. I think they're totally different sports with totally different purposes. Cornell uh, Cornell is at least playing the same game as you. Wagner Wagner is not playing the same game as you. Seth. Wagner is not playing in the same league as you. Wagner is not at the same competition level as you. This is a total like Seth, it's it's apples could, and oranges. No, 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 no. It's it's it, it it's an appropriate analogy because you could go out against Cornell or Colgate and absolutely not execute at all and just and be better win. than them. Sure. You could miss a three and you know some you know O'Shea Brissett skies in for a dunk, but you had a horrible possession. He's just he's just bigger, stronger, faster than than who's who he's going up against. There, this this is an appropriate analogy because you can get something. What do they do in those games in Cornell and Colgate? They work on their depth. They work on their bench. They get the younger guys in there. They they work on things that they've been working on in practice, but they don't want to work on them against each other. They want to work on them against another opponent. So I get that you know us in the media and fans who go to the game, they may not be able to to glean a whole heck of a lot from this. I think the coaches, I think the players, I think you can get something from this, especially the younger guys who, let's face it, you know, when they play Florida State and Clemson and Notre Dame, they're probably not going to get much time. They have an opportunity, especially with this new rule. Uh, you know, the, the freshmen who come in, they can play four games and, and preserve their red shirt. This kind of game is big for the development of the younger players. Even if like we don't see it, for for those guys, this is an important game. I no, think they it, can get something out of it. And it, this is how you build your depth. It, then when the injuries pop up at the end of the year, you have guys who have game experience. I don't disagree with that. I I just I don't I I guess I don't like the timing more so than anything. I I don't like that this is the game before Florida State. I don't like that this is the game between you know a relatively you know relatively. Uh, high competition, right? You're talking about a Mac school, a, a, a decent to middle of the pack Mac school, and a game against really high competition, and and one of the better teams that you're going to see on your schedule. I don't like that this is the one that's wedged in between. I don't like that that you you all of a sudden take this step, this dip down, and like again, let's be honest, you can look like you fixed your mistakes, and then you go into next week against Florida State, and all of a sudden, all those glaring holes are there, all those problems are still there. And you didn't think they were, or you didn't notice them, and maybe that's that's us or the fans didn't think they were there anymore, or thought they were gone, and because they look so good against a, a Wagner, and then you show up for that game next week against Florida State, and they come and they exploit all the holes, and they exploit all the weaknesses, and they exploit everything you did wrong, and I'll be honest with there you. you go. I'll be honest with you. If and we've talked about how it, it wasn't an ideal setup. In an ideal ideal world, you want the FCS opponent first, and then you build up to Western Michigan, then Florida State. I'll be honest with you though. If I if I knew ahead of time that they are going to win both games, if I knew for sure they were guaranteed to be two and zero, 
I think I would prefer the way that it is. You beat Western Michigan, and again, it gives you a chance to be completely healthy going into the Florida State game. It's a glorified scrimmage. You go out, you build your confidence, you build your depth, you work on some things, you get the young guys in the game, you feel good about yourself, and then you go out against Florida State. 315-437-7644. Dom in Syracuse kicking us off today on the show. Hey, Dom. See, I couldn't agree with you more. This, this game does have value for just that reason. You know, you have a young team. You have a team that doesn't have that. You know, a lot of players are not going to get a lot of playing time. This is an opportunity for them to get that playing time to showcase their skills, to build depth with, to build real depth within the team against an opponent. Now, is it? Um, are they a D two school? Sure, but that's not the point. You get these players operating at game speed. There are things that they did during that first game. They took their foot off the gas. There was a lapse in concentration from this team. Let's see if that can be worked on. Let's see if the depth issue can be worked on. You know, let's, this is a game where I expect to see DeVito play a lot of minutes. I expect to see him. I want to see how he clicks in this offense. You know, he shouldn't be intimidated by this team. He should execute. That's where the value is in this game. No, that val- like I I don't disagree, and I don't say that value is not there. I don't think it's a. I don't like that. That's what we're looking at the week before you go play a top twenty-five or a borderline top twenty-five team. Like I I think that you you want something a little bit better. And to to say that you wouldn't smash UConn and you wouldn't get your guys in against UConn. You know, for this week, I, I think is is insane. Like you, you could have done this same thing against UConn week two, and then had Wagner right after Florida State, and have a hey, let's get healthy ahead of you know that that next game when we go down to Clemson. Like you could have had the you you could have had this same thing going on. And I understand there is value in the big picture of playing Wagner and and playing Colgate and playing Central Connecticut State. I'm not denying that. I don't think there's value in playing this game this year right now. You've got to play this game because everybody plays this game because it's it's one of six wins. It's it's how you play the game of college football, right? You you circumvent the rules so that you really only have to win five games because you play this one game against a really really bad team and an FCS team and a team that you should just go out physical and and just wipe the floor with. I understand that. I don't think it makes sense to be playing it this week for Syracuse. Well, you don't control the ACC games. So no. if it was Wake Forest week three or, say, like Virginia was on then the we schedule. Then we be having this conversation. Right. So th- th- my point is, like, you can't control that it's Florida State. Like, that. that's the hand you were dealt. So right. I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if we can be critical of, you know, this is SU's fault that they put Wagner week two. Again, I, I don't mind it. I think this is, a again, it's an opportunity to get healthy and go into Florida State feeling really, really good about yourself. Back to the phone lines. We go Steve in North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Steve. Hi. Uh, I just want to make a, a comment about what people are expecting from this game. I was just on the SyracuseFan.com forum, and uh, there was one thread about uh, what's going to happen against Wagner, and people were predicting we're going to win uh, 51 to nothing, 66 to nothing. Somebody asked, when's the last time we scored 70 on somebody? Uh, we played Wagner in 2013, and we beat him like that. We beat him 54 to nothing. I think this appears to be a better Wagner team than that one was. It's still an FCS team, a team we should beat easily. But I think if you go into the game with the mindset of we're going to try to beat this team 66 to nothing, 
you're never going to get there. You're you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You're raising the bar too high. All I want from this game is for the team to play well, take control early, never lose it, play a lot of people, don't get anybody injured. Uh, and if we wind up winning like 42 to 14 or something, uh, I would not find that alarming. And I, I, I think the fans need to get uh, get this uh, dial-up score thing out of their minds because it's not really the point of it. All right, and that's a fair point, Steve. And, yeah, I don't think 42-14 would be alarming. If it was 28-20, to that would be alarming. They should go out and they should... 27-26, and you went on a fake, <laughs> fake field goal touchdown pass. Oh, when, when did that happen? And a stopped two-point conversion. Yes, we all remember that from the Villanova game. You know, it's, um, it's funny. He brings up the 2013 game, and Syracuse won 50, uh, 54-0. Steve says that he thinks Wagner's better now than then. I, I mean, who knows? Um would you not say Syracuse is better now than they were yes, in 2013? that was Scott Schaefer, and that was a, a different kind of team, and that was, that was Drew, Terrell Drew Hunt Allen taking started, over from Drew, Drew Allen. Allen started that game. That was the game, right? Yes, that, was, that is the game where we were like, oh, maybe he's not good. Well, maybe not we. The coaching staff was like, oh, maybe he's not good. Did you see the Penn State game? I did. I was I, at the Penn State game. So was I. I think we knew at the <laughs> Penn State said, game he's not good. That's why I changed that to the <laughs> okay. coaching staff. The coaching staff was like, oh, yeah, maybe he's not good. Yeah, that was the final nail in the coffin. If he can't, you know, he, didn't get he first, had the excuse. He didn't get a first down against Wagner, did he? That's right. He had the excuse of, well, it was Penn State and Northwestern. Right. Like you played <laughs> Big Ten competition. Wagner, that excuse went out the window, and then uh, his his starting job went out the window. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. You're you're flipping through the media guide. I am. Is there a point you wanted to make before we take take our first time no, out? No, like I, I just like I'm all for dial a score. Like I I kind of am. I I don't think that saying, hey, you should go into this game and win by 45 points. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing to be saying about your football program. And, like, if you only end up winning by 42 instead of 45, you're going to be disappointed? Like, I don't think so. And, and I don't think they necessarily have to hit a score. I mean, if they wanted to score more against Western Michigan, they could have, let's be honest. I mean, Tommy DeVito went in for five series, and, you know, Eric Dungy was for 9 for 9 scoring uh, the football before they, you know, right. they had a drive stall with about five minutes to go in the game. Maybe that's the goal going into this week, opposed to, you know, what they want the score to be. Maybe it's we score points on every drive. I mean, you know, is that and, and obviously that's a that's a high bar to set. And you're probably not going to hit that, but can that be the goal? Score on every drive we have. I think I think that's a, a fair goal, especially for the first team offense at this point. Yeah, uh, score. Uh, go down the field and score when your your number one offense is in the, is, is in the game. I think that's a reasonable so that, expectation. My point is, it doesn't have to be sixty six to nothing. You no, know, you, you're going to take your foot off the gas at some point. But when the first team's theory, out yes. there, then you you just you try to score in every possession. Right, and and let, let's be realistic. I think I said this yesterday. That might only be five or six drives. Right. Yeah. That that might only be getting you into the middle of the second quarter. I, I wouldn't be, or the rest of the number one offense might be out there longer, but Dungy might only be out there into the middle of the second quarter, right? What do we say about the spring game every year? At least the coaches will say it. They say we want to, you know, get our work in and we want to get out healthy. And, and I we feel don't want to like, put anything on tape for anybody right, else to it, see. Isn't that what this is? Yes, this is it, a spring game, but it's on September But it counts, 8th. and it's, right. it's a game that goes toward bowl eligibility. So... I think that's kind of how you look at it. If you're a Syracuse fan, and and if you're you're the coaches, you want to get your work in, not put anything on tape for Florida State to you know to figure out for the following week, and you want to get out healthy and be confident mentally, you know, be healthy physically, and then roll the dice against the Seminoles the following I week. I think that is low key one of the most important 
things about this game. Don't put anything on tape that yeah that that Florida State can be like hmm that looks interesting might not even be low key I mean that's like I think I think that is one of the most important things about this game. yeah get through this game two and zero oh, and then don't two show and oh, Florida healthy State and do nothing interesting keep some some secrets yep. in the bag of tricks as they say and then and then pull them out against the Seminoles three one five four three seven seventy six forty four we do need to take our first time out we are just getting started on Orange Nation back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Onondaga Community College's Workforce Development Program. Learn the skills local employers need in just two to eight months. For more information, go to sunyocc.edu backslash workforce. You have a text to pass along, Seth? Yeah, uh, got a couple. Uh, first from Tom in Beeville. He says, you need big-name players, big-name teams, and a cons- and consistent winning. Then people will come back. I tend to agree with that. Uh, and then we also got one. What were the cheapest ticket prices for Rutgers home opener? The cheapest tickets for Wagner game are 20 bucks. Ticket prices might have been the difference. So wait, 20 bucks is too much? That's I, I don't know, I guess. I don't think I don't think the dome pricing is bad. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. I, I don't think the dome is overpriced. Not at all. I've never thought that. I'm biting my tongue on that one. It is not the ticket prices. I've never thought that was the problem. All right. Let's change the subject here as we welcome in our producer, uh, Tommy Hogan. Uh, Tommy, you're the one who kind of started this whole thing indirectly because on Wednesday when I was out, you brought up the attendance with Seth, and I, I happened to hear it. Yeah, good job. And uh, Sorry about that. I just I, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it today, and I know it's a, it's a topic we've talked about before on the show, and I'm sure it's not going to go away. But, uh, again, we've got John Wildhack coming up in uh, about 20 minutes from now. We'll, we'll ask him about the fan initiatives and, and what fans can expect when they go to the Carrier Dome uh, tomorrow to watch Syracuse and Wagner. So you have some SU football-related topics for us uh, as it pertains to this game tomorrow? Yeah, I guess I have some questions for you guys. Okay. More total yards. This is where we're going to start with. Eric Dungey or Tommy DeVito has more total yards tomorrow? I uh, I know we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. We did, yes. With like an over-under. Yeah. And I... Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know that Dungey... I, I think DeVito might play longer. And so I'll go DeVito. Wow. I'm going to go Dungy. Only, only because I think he might play longer. Yes. Um, like he could, in theory, he could play two plus quarters where Dungy's probably not getting out of the second quarter. I'll say Dungy for two reasons. Number one, DeVito doesn't get in until Dungy has accumulated, accumulated points and yards. And so he's he's bound to rack up a lot of yards in order for DeVito to get in there because that means they're scoring right. points. Uh, and number two, the offense obviously runs smoother and it hums along with him and, and DeVito still getting used to things. So I agree with you. I think if all things go the way that they're planning it to go, DeVito will play more, but I think Dungy will still get his stats and I'll pick it. I'll pick Eric Dungy in that in that scenario. I do that purely based off of playing time. That I think that, you know, maybe there's a possibility that DeVito plays a lot more, significantly more. I think both I don't know. I think both points are very valid. I think Tommy I, Tommy DeVito will play more. But I think it be could be because Eric Dungy torches that Wagner defense, so that's what that's, he's not getting in until the defense exactly. has been torched. Right. Exactly, so he's going to no, get his right. yards and points. So we go to more rushing yards. 
Mo Neal or Dante Strickland? I think it's Mo. I don't. I don't know that this is. Uh, he got way difficult. more touches. Yeah, I don't think this is too difficult at this point. He got more touches. I, I think he's probably the better running back. I, I'm going Mo. More rushing yards, so we're taking Re- the receiving out of it. Yes, I think just Mo Neal certainly have more touches. I would predict. Um, yeah, I'll go Neal as as well. I think he's more of a home run hitter than Strickland is at this point. I would have to agree. Uh, so Jamal Custis is clearly the the primary receiving target for the Syracuse team, but now it comes down to that secondary target. So I ask, more targets, Devin Butler or Sean Riley? Devin Butler. All right. So I'm not sure I totally buy that Jamal Custis is the primary target. He was in the first game. Right. And Devin Butler still got his fair share of targets. He just, he dropped a couple. There was the one where DeVito threw it long and he kind of gave up on the play. He seemed frustrated. I think Butler may get the most targets of anyone in this game. Well, that's um, why that's why I just so quickly said Butler's getting more targets than Riley. Like I think I, they want to get him on track. I do too. I think that they still want him to be the number one option. And even, even if, maybe, even if he is. doesn't want, so for yeah, for one game, and, and that's not to say Custis isn't still going to be there. You know, as an SU fan, I think you hope, obviously, that that Custis has turned the corner, and and that's what you're going to get, you know, or some semblance of that on a regular basis. But I, I think they need to get Devin Butler going. You know that they need a second receiving threat. You can't have it be just Jamal Custis and nobody else. So I think they want to get Butler on track. I think he has the most targets of anyone on the team tomorrow. I think we talk. Or we don't talk enough about Raymond Pierce. I think he needs to be someone that, that Eric Dungy or Tommy DeVito, whoever whoever is throwing the ball the most, I think he really needs to be a, a, a vocal point of this offense. But now we head to some more creative or, or funny topics. More points. Syracuse defense or the Wagner offense? It's hard to predict defensive touchdowns. I mean, the defense could set up some points, but you're saying a pick six or a safety or a block punt. Is or a that, fumble. Okay. Yeah, anything. Uh, I, anything. I'm not going to predict that, so I'll say that Wagner has more points, but you know, could the defense set up some scores and more scores? than I, I think Wagner maybe scores once. You know, yeah, maybe they, gonna, maybe they score a touchdown, or they you know, I don't think they get above ten. Let's say I think they score ten or less. Yeah, I don't think they score more than a touchdown. So I'm I'm going to say Wagner's offense because, like you said, it's tough to predict that a defense will score. But also, we just haven't seen that tendency out of this defense, right? In, in two plus years, we just haven't seen that tendency. We haven't seen um, we haven't seen very many takeaways. We haven't seen very many scores defensively. So I don't know that it's built for that, right? I don't know that that's I don't know that that's the game they play. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Wagner's offense. So Steve said they're going to score. He thinks they're going to score under 10 points, Wagner, which means there's not going to be many kick returns for the Syracuse special teams. So I ask, will there be more Syracuse kick returns in this game or more Syracuse punts? Ooh. Well, when I I cheated, I actually looked at your sheet before, <laughs> yeah, before I asked the question, wow. and I was going to just immediately say kickoffs, and then I thought about it. And with kick as returns. Much, or kick returns, sorry. yes. With as much as Dino Babers goes forward on fourth down, and we saw against Western Michigan, like Dungy was nine for nine scoring on right. his first nine drives, and then the one that you know the one they they didn't score on that wasn't a punt; it just kind of stalled, you know, inside the twenty. Um, oh, that's a Good one, Tommy. I'm going to say punts. Because I only think they're going to get like two kick returns. And I think that by the end of the game, they're you're not going to. Guaranteed gonna, one kick I return. I think that 
I, right, you're guaranteed one. Did and they? I think, did I don't have it in front of me? Did they? They didn't punt against Western Michigan, did they? I don't think they did. But if you're well, up, but if you're up fifty something to seven or fifty something to three, are you going to go going for, for it? it? No, you're not right. going for it. That's so a I fair think, point. I think that they'll probably punt two or three times. Oh, that's a good one, Tommy. That is a very good I'll, one. I'll say that I'll say more punts, but I don't feel confident about it. I think it's close. I think it's going to be punts as well. I, I, I do. I think it'll only be about two, maybe three kick returns, maybe a touchdown and a field goal for Wagner, and you're guaranteed the one other. So I do think it'll be punts for Syracuse. So my last one, more Dino Babers quarterback changes, not more quarterbacks played for Syracuse this game, more quarterback changes or more times that Eric Dungy flashes the Johnny Manziel money signs. <laughs> more quarterback changes. Oh, I, I there's gonna we, be a lot of opportunities for him to flash those money signs. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that yet. How much did this bother you? He's wearing number two, and he's flashing the money signs to the uh, opposing sideline. It's and Seth, Steve very familiar. Hates Johnny Manziel, you know me too well. <laughs> Steve hates Johnny Manziel. I can't believe we didn't talk about this oh. earlier in the week. How much did that bother you Friday night? As soon as he did it, I said, "Why? Oh, why did you do that? I I hated it. I <laughs> is there hated anything? It. Is there anything he could have done that would have bothered you more than that? I'm not sure. <laughs> That's how much I hate. He it. could have planted a block S flag at midfield, and it wouldn't have bothered you that much. I I think I think that's accurate. I can't stand that, and I I realize he got caught up in the heat of the moment. I hope we don't see that the rest of the season. I I really I, and I'm I'm just being honest. I I hope we don't see that the rest of the season. It's going to be quarterback changes. Number two and flashing the money. He didn't signs. get look. He didn't get reminiscing. He got heated. Uh, he th- there were emotions in that game. There, there there's were. not going to be in the especially Wagner at game. that time. Right. Well, there's not going to be in the Wagner game. But I there hope might we, be later. I hope we don't see it. Period. <laughs> the rest of the way. There I don't think Dino Babers was probably. He, I don't think he was too uh, thrilled with seeing that. I wish he didn't go there. All right, Tommy, appreciate that. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number one right after this, and then John Wildhack kicks off hour number two for us back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Onondaga Community College's Workforce Development Program. Learn the skills local employers need in just two to eight months. For more information, go to sunyocc.edu backslash workforce. So this is normally uh, the time of the week and the time of the show that that we we would do our our picks. And last year, uh, I went up against Kevin Todd, the professional. You scared him off. Kevin Todd is not back with us this year. He never called, and that that's all I can assume, right? That I I think you I, I think beat you him, scared him, and so he didn't want to come back and and do it again this year. I think so. So I will keep track of these here on uh on my computer. So you and I decided that we're still going to do picks. Uh, it won't be as stressful now because, as you remember, last year there was that thousand dollar donation on the line, which uh, I'm glad that that I was so, able to. Uh, so you're saying it's not as stressful. Is this because it's it's, it's not just for you. the money or because it's just me and I'm not? It's both. I'm not good at this. I, well, I was going up against a professional, and there was you know money on the line. There was the $1,000 donation to your the, money. Huh? It wasn't your money. No, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to earn that donation for the uh, right, Carolyn Baldwin Foundation, and, and we were able to do that. Um, and yeah, it's just you and me. And, and if I'm wrong and st- sounds stupid, then I don't mind if you tell me I'm wrong and I sounds will, stupid. I will. I, I guarantee that I'm wrong and sounds stupid. I do that most of the time. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a reason that this is difficult. Vegas knows things, so uh, this is not an exact science. But they keep building we, tall buildings. We've decided, last year we picked three games and we could pick anything we wanted. This year, uh, you and I just decided over the course of this show that we're going to pick five games every week. We're going to pick Bills, Giants, Syracuse, and then you can pick two of anything else. Two wild College, card NFL, whatever you want to do. So why don't we start with uh, why don't we start with Syracuse? Give me the orange minus the forty one and a half. So I saw forty one and a half. I know one of our loyal listeners said that that he saw a line that was forty right now. We'll go with the forty one and a half line. I'll take SU as well. Give I, me the orange. I think they can name the score. I mean that's you know fifty one to do. seven. Yeah. They still cover. So I'm I'm going I'm going forty one and a half. I'll take uh, I'll take Syracuse with that as well. Yeah, I hope they. I would think they would cover. You know where I'm leaning with the Bills. Uh, the Bills. The line opened. Bills are on the road uh, in Baltimore. Take on the Ravens. The line opened at three. Ravens were favored by three. The line has since jumped to seven and a half. Uh, so that I'm sure there's reasons for this, and right. I'm sure that I'm falling into the trap. Uh, but I think the Bills can keep this within a touchdown. Uh, I will take the Bills. I took the Bills as well. I don't think that they will win, uh, but I don't think they'll lose by more than a touchdown. I also don't think Baltimore is very good. So even if the Bills aren't very good, I don't expect Baltimore to be good. So there you go. All right, the Giants open as an underdog at home. The Giants have Doug Marone and the Jags. Uh, It's a three-point spread. Jacksonville favored by three at MetLife Stadium. Who you got? Uh, I've got the Jags. Uh, I think that the Jaguars will win this game. I think they'll win by more than three. Uh, Olivier Vernon out for the Giants. I think that's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, give me the Jags. All right, I'll take the Giants at home. Even though I'll be sitting home in my in my blue where watching watching this game. Give me the Giants. Give me the Jags. I say this is a close game. I'll uh, I'll take the Giants at home uh, week one. What's your uh, first wild card? Uh, what's your first wild card game? Yeah. So we made up the rules kind of late in the game here. We just decided like 15 minutes ago how we were going to do this. <laughs> right. So I had just focused on the NFL. So I'm going to stay with the NFL. Okay. I didn't even look at the college lines up There's until so, when you said there that. There are so many. There's so many games. There's and when so we had many. Kevin Todd on last year, he would be like, you know, I got, got some information Florida about Atlantic, yeah, like Rice nine. over Temple and the quarterback is banged up. And I, yeah, I'm not going there with, with college football, at least without looking at it. I didn't even have a chance to look at it. So I'm going to stay with the right. NFL. Um, give me, let's, let's do uh, Lions-Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold starting at quarterback. Again, youngest opening day starter in NFL history. Um, it generally does not go well for 21-year-old starting quarterbacks. Or for the Jets. That's true. Uh, so the Lions are favored by six and a half at home. I'll take the Lions. I think they win by a touchdown or more. I like that one. Uh, I like that one. And I, I just want to point out, you're not you're not looking at uh, at Army an eight point favorite over Liberty this weekend. I don't know what you're That's doing. Enticing. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, uh, with that being said, I'll stay in the NFL for my first pick. I'm picking the Rams minus four uh, against the Raiders. That's the late game on Monday night. I think the Rams are going to be really good this year. Rams are my pick for the Super Bowl. So what? I'm, I'm picking them this You're week. picking the Rams to go to the Super Bowl? I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Not go. I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl. Do you want to just lay it out there right now? Rams against who? Oh, I don't have it against. Okay. I, just, I, think just, the, I think the Rams are going to win the, the Rams. Super Bowl. Yes, I am all in on the that Rams. That is a pick. I love, that you should, I love what they did. You should put like $100 on the Rams. Not that I'm condoning you know, illegal gambling. Find a way to make it legal. Go I'm going, to, look, go I'm, going to to, I'm going to New Jersey this weekend. I'll I'll drive down to I'll drive to the Meadowlands and I'll, I'll drop a hundred dollars my... on the Rams and see what happens if you're that confident. Uh, I don't know that I'm that confident. For my final pick, I will 
I'll go to that Steelers-Browns game. No Le'Veon Bell, and the line has adjusted accordingly from minus 7 to minus 4. So Le'Veon Bell apparently worth a field goal in this game. Uh, I know Cleveland's going to be better. They they can't beat the Steelers. No. And no. Le'Veon Bell's important, but the Browns can't beat the Steelers. And you don't think they'll keep it within a, a field goal either? No. I don't either. No. But, yeah. So I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah, I think that's, that's one of those easy bets. I joked with you earlier, like Bama against anybody is, is like one of those. Uh, Bama, by the way, is a 36-point favorite this week, and I really considered making that Who my last have? pick. Uh, Arkansas State. Oh, okay. So I really considered I heard Arkansas one. State's better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, the Steelers versus the Browns is, like, easy money, right? Like, that's that's one of those things. I think just, so. Like, you've got to win. I think um, so. I saw Mike Tomlin in, in, games against the Steel, in games against the Browns at home is undefeated as Steelers head coach. Doesn't lose to them at home. I believe um, it. He's only lost to them three times. Which is unbelievable. So, yeah, uh, Steelers-Browns is always a good pick. My last pick, I'm going to uh, Arizona. I'm going to Arizona State, college ranks. Uh, They looked pretty good last week under Herm Edwards week one. Michigan State uh, didn't and got stuck in a game with Utah State. So, uh, Michigan State is a five and a half point favorite. I am taking the underdog Sun Devils. Give me Herm. I thought you were all about the Oklahoma-UCLA game. play to win the game. Well, yeah, and then I realized that Oklahoma that UCLA also lost that last week. Give, give everybody to, the line in that Oklahoma UCLA game. <laughs> Oklahoma is a thirty point favorite over UCLA. That just that just shocked me. I didn't know that one Power Five school would be a thirty point favorite over another one, and a brand name program right, at that, like a respectable Power Five school with a with a good good college head coach and Chip Kelly. Like I don't think that's a stretch to say he's a good college coach. Um, I was shocked by that line, but that game is in Norman. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just stay away. I'll uh, give me the fight in Herm Edwards's, and we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. So we'll do this every week that on Friday, be wrong. leading into the weekend. Uh, you and I agreed on two out of the three picks with the Bills, Giants, and Syracuse. Uh, I said the Giants will either win the game or keep it within a field goal against the Jags. You think the Jags will win by a touchdown or more? I like uh, how we're doing it this year. Yeah, so you're keeping track. You have all my picks. Yep, I've got the five. Okay. So we got we both have Syracuse minus the 41.5. We both have the Bills plus the 7.5. Steve has the Giants plus three. I have the uh, the Jaguars minus three. Uh, Lions minus 6.5 against the Jets for Steve. Steelers minus four against the Browns for Steve as well. My two wild card picks are the Rams minus four against the Raiders on Monday night and the Arizona State Sun Devils plus five and a half against Michigan State on Saturday night. I am going to have to stay up late to watch some football. And, aren't your, I? and your lock of the century, like your your bonus my, pick of the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. My Super Bowl pick. You just threw that in for free. To, I I think that. Well, we do it all for free. I, know, I think I think the Rams are going to to win the Super Bowl. Yes. All right, we'll do this every week. My two wild card games start at ten fifteen and ten forty five. What was I doing? Last night's game kind of went late uh, for me anyway. I had to be up. I, I did a live hit on News Channel 9 at 6 o'clock this morning. So I had to get to bed, um, I, and I could barely keep my eyes open. That was a, that was a very boring game. All right, got to take a timeout, wrap up the show right after this.